This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Yo, what's good, dog? I'm back again. I'm out here. I'm here to talk about the Nats, the Caps, and, of course, the NBA playoffs, which is, it's okay so far, as far as the conference finals, at least. That's okay. It looks like it's going to be Cavs and Warriors again. I'm not even going to joke. But I'm going to start with the Nats. We had this big Yankees series that I had tickets to both games. The first ticket, of course, was part of my plan. That was Wednesday. And then I bought Tuesday because I was paranoid that I was going to miss the Wednesday game. And wow, I caught, I guess, to the sixth inning of the Tuesday game. And that got postponed. It's supposed to play it on Wednesday. And then that didn't happen. So the Wednesday game... Also got postponed, and now they're playing it on June 18th. I'm like, dang, man. I wanted to go to Toastmasters, but I guess I'm going to go to that. And I guess I'll catch the end of that Tuesday game and, of course, that Wednesday game I was supposed to have. So, I mean, the atmosphere in there for those six innings was electric. Well, I only caught, like, maybe three of the six. But still, man, that, that atmosphere was crazy. It was like a, it was like a playoff game. It was like half Yankees, half Nationals fans. And it was 3-3, man. It was everything you would want in a game of that magnitude, man. It was amazing. I have to admit. But it's it's okay, though. I, I wish the game would have finished and then the Nationals would have won. But it didn't happen that way. I mean, it is what it is. Nationals rained out pretty much all week. We get to Friday. I got tickets to the Dodgers game. And Friday postponed. I expected that. I didn't even, I wasn't even rushing to get to Nats Park. I was chilling. I was like, this game is not happening. There's no way. And sure enough, it it didn't. It just didn't. So Saturday, I was expecting the same thing. I saw rain on the forecast. It barely rained. And then I saw the sky was clearing up. And then my app was saying it was going to be cloudy. I was like, oh, this game is going to happen. And to my surprise, they made the game at two. I did all my errands and stuff. I basically, all my errands basically planned to end about like three-ish. The game was at like two. And I got my hair cut at 1.30. And I was like, dang it, man. Why did they make it at two? Why, why can't they just push this game back? So I kept with my plans, hopefully, okay, may, maybe it rained and maybe they'll push it back. Nope, game happened to schedule. Tried to get there. And it's like, I got there about six inning. It was a close game, but of course, the Nats choked. I think they gave up a home run. And then Justin Turner hit like an RBI or something. Man, it was depressing. I thought we were finally better than the Dodgers this year because they weren't as good as they normally are. Got swept. We got swept. I mean, of course, we lost that game, which was terrible. And then I didn't buy tickets to the next game, which was at like seven. They lost that. After seeing all those updates saying that they were like winning like 5-2 or they were, no, they winning like 3-2 the whole game or like 3-1 or something like that. And then the next thing you know, I get a tweet from the Nationals saying, final, Dodgers 5, Nationals 4. I was like, oh my God, son, what the heck, man? Then they lost on Sunday 7-2. I was like, come on, man, not this again. Maybe the Dodgers just have our number. They've beaten us six out of seven this year, five out of six. There's nothing I can really say. Then comes Monday. I was very excited to get out in the good weather and watch some Nationals baseball after last week. And man, they they rewarded us and the fans. 
Juan Soto debut. Oh man, I'm so glad I saw that in person. This man comes up, I'm like, okay, who is this kid that they hyping up? Let's see what he all about. Man, he takes that first pitch, it is gone. I was like, good Lord, I love this kid already. And you should have just seen the energy in the, in Nats Park. It was incredible, man. It was electric. It was way more electric than, well, maybe not. Maybe not more electric than the Yankees game, but oh my God, the reaction to that kid was just, I haven't seen anything like it. Man, just that type of debut. And then Juan Soto got another hit after that. I'm like, this kid is for real. I'm like, man, we need to keep him around. I mean, of course, he's going to go through his slump, but oh, and Mark Reynolds, where did we get this guy from? I feel like I should know, but he is cooking, man. He got like seven home runs since he's been with the Nationals. He had two yesterday. And then Bryce Harper hit a home run. And it was a little alarming to find out he was only batting 222, but it's fine, man. He's still bright. And I found that out last night. Man, the dude is a beast. The Nationals won 10 to 2. I left about the eighth inning. And of course, you know, the game pretty much ended by the time I left my Anacostia Metro Station. So that didn't take long. If you in DC, you should know that Anacostia from Navy Yard is one stop. So it don't take long to get there at all. Now I'm going to talk about the caps. The caps started out up 2 0, and I got hyped. I was like, okay, we going to the Stanley Cup Finals. They not stopping us. I was maybe thinking sweet. Then once I had some time to think about it, I'm like, okay, this is the cap. This is far from over. We know. I've seen them blow 3-1 leads like three times. So I knew that it was far from over and that they could show. And what happened? They lose three straight, including two at home. They dropped two at home. And then that made me realize they only got like one or two home wins the entire playoffs. But they got all these roles. Come on, man. Then I saw game five. Game five really hurt me, man. They got down 3-0. And they got down 1-0. It's like the Lightning kept getting these chances. They were getting some really good chances. And then I was like, y'all keep playing. It's going to be 2-0. What happened? 2-0. And I was like, oh, my God. You got to be kidding. And then just when it looks like, okay, we're stopping them. It looked like we're going to come back. We're getting our shots. We finally out shooting them in the second period. This man, Callahan, I think it was may have been like start of the third period. Maybe start of the second. There's three capitals around the goal and the goal. This man, Callahan, I think that's his name from the Lightning. He busts in and shoulder checks the puck in the goal. I was like, come on. You got to be kidding. What, 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 what are the defensemen doing? I'm not a hockey expert, but I'm like, what? How does that happen? How does he get through? That doesn't make sense. Then, okay. The Caps scored two more goals. They scored one goal. I was like, okay, that's a start. Then they scored late in the third period. I was like, okay, okay, now we got something. And I was just sitting there hoping, man, the last, like, four minutes. Okay, we can tie this. We can tie this. We just getting chance after chance after chance. And nothing could go in. It just reminded me of, like, every Capitals playoff loss ever like most capital playoff losses where they get within one goal and they pull their goalie they just shoot and shooting and can't get it in man see that's how we always lost to pittsburgh and then last night they were in dc i didn't go of course i chose to stick to my nationals plan instead of going to game six which i, I could have went to and hey i got to see the second half of 
well, at least the third period of the Capitals game, and they pulled it out, man. They pulled it out. I think they scored all three of their goals in this third. No, no, they scored two of them. Good Lord, man, I was so excited. And then that empty net goal by Oshie, I was like, yes, they, they really ain't coming back. Now, I, I'm so happy right now, but then game seven, it's all about game seven now. It's in Tampa Bay. I believe in my team, but man, how many times have the Cats been in a game seven and then they let us all down? This happens all the time. Four and 11 in game seven. But this team is just different, man. It's maybe something about this team. They just do not quit. And maybe that will show up on what? Wednesday is game seven? Man, I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm ready to rock. So, I mean, we're going to see what happens. I hope the Caps win because that would bring the city remarkable joy, even though this is a city full of implants, people coming from everywhere just to vacation or work. But still, there's a lot of Caps. There's still good chunk of Caps fans that want the team to do good. And they've been waiting so long for this, since 98. So I just hope that they pull through. I really do. So now I'm going to talk about the conference finals. I'll start. So bo both series, blowouts. All mostly blowouts. No close games at all. Ain't no game winners. This ain't the Cavs, Rock, Raptors. Ain't no game winners. Ain't no close games. It's just all blowouts, man. One team gets momentum. Other team tries to come back. It's just team that loses the momentum late in the game. They get blown out. It's just That's just how the series is, have been been have been both of them. You got the Cavs and Celtics. I'll start with that. So game one was a joke. An absolute joke. I barely watched it. Thank God. The little bit I watched looked like the Cavs were just dying. Like they didn't have a chance. Like they were just absolutely dying. I mean, but then I looked at the stats. Rodney Hood had 11. That, that had to have been garbage time. I think Clarkson had 11. It's just a bunch of bench players with garbage time points. Because it was over. I mean, LeBron only had 15. That was his worst game of the series. It's kind of like the Pacers series. When he just sucked in game one. And they only had 80 points. I think they only had 80 points in this one, too. <laughs> it's just so funny. They had about they had two starters and double figures. And the bench players they had in double figures. Like I said, it's garbage time, so throw that out. What I noticed from game one, Morris had 21-10, Jalen Brown 23-8, Horford had 20, uh, Terry Rozier almost got a triple-double even though he didn't get double figures with points. Cavs were 4 for 26 from 3. They literally looked like me in social league. <laughs> but the Celtics were 11 for 30, man. That's, that's a huge difference. You're talking about a swing of like 24 points. Like, no wonder why they lost. Now, game two, I actually watched a lot more of, and I saw the highlights also while I was at some office. So, I mean, game two, Ron had a hot start. See, I went back at the DVR, and I saw how he did it. Okay, he started out with some head-scratching turnovers. He tried to do an overhead pass to Kevin Love, and I was like, what are you doing? And I think he tried to dribble between the legs, and it came up on him, and... He's struggling to hold on the ball. I'm like, LeBron, come on, son. What are you doing? The next thing you know, he hits the three. Then he hits another. Then I throw and try to check him one-on-one. -on -one. Then it was Tatum. Hits a post move. Kind of hooks his off arm a little bit and scores. Then he, then he shoots like two more threes. He's getting to the rim. Here's the thing, though. He was one for four from the free throw line. That that's kind of sucks. But other than that, man, LeBron was incredible in that first quarter of game two. 
But I think the reason why the Celtics stayed in it, Jalen Brown had like 13 himself. So they were just, the Celtics just stayed in it until like the end of the second quarter. And that's when, if you've been watching, Marcus Moore still, and I think Marcus Smart hit a shot before that. You know, Marcus Smart has become a really quality role player. I never thought he would be this good, and maybe because he's a freaking slowpoke, you know, Oklahoma State guy. Maybe that's why, but he's pretty good. He's been a very good NBA player, and he's doing well in this series. You know, they, they've definitely missed. So then the second half starts, and I was like, okay, I think the Cavs can hold on to this lead. Doing good. They were up like nine at some point, and then Celtics start coming back. Once they got the three, I was like, oh, no, the Cavs in trouble. The next thing you know, they tied it up. Then I think Celtics walked three, and that's when Terry Rozier got that dunk, got that still and dunk. I was hyped, man. I kept rewinding that dunk over and over again. I was like, dang, man, that that joint got me hyped. I don't even like this. So, you know, I can't even imagine how they got that stadium hype with that dunk. Uh, so another thing I noticed in the third quarter was the role player shooting. Cavs role players seemed like they were missing everything. And then Celtics, Horford hit a three. Aaron Baines hit a three. And I didn't know he could shoot. That must be what he learned playing with Al. Oh, and Marcus Morris had a, a nice and one. And he yelled in Tristan Thompson's face. That was funny. Uh, that was another play that got the crowd hyped. That was another momentum turner. In the fourth quarter, some more bad shooting from the Cavs. I mean, LeBron did what he could, but he just couldn't, man. 21 points in the last three. You know, it just wasn't going to happen that night. Now, he did have a triple-double, like 42, 10, and 12. And then Love was 22 and 15. George Hill and J.R. Smith combined for three points, which I was dying laughing when I saw that. Man, where were they? Like, I couldn't find them. Corver has had a very good series. He had 11. Um, Rozier and Brown combined for 41. Horford had another double-double. He had some nice blocks, especially in the first quarter. I was like, okay, Al Horford, I see you. I see you. <laughs> All starters were in double figures. Like, it was just a great effort in game. Game three, I mean, Al Horford was okay. He was all right. I think he had seven and seven. I mean, it's not what he is capable of, but... Man. Aaron Baines hit another three, which I'm like, come on, man. It, at least he ain't like Kelly Olynyk and just go off like he did against the Wizards. He ain't like that. Thank God. Because if he was, I think the Cavs were with him. Here's the difference, though. George Hill and J.R. Smith, 24 points between. That's what they needed. They needed their backcourt to step up. And that's what they did, man. That's what they did. And Corver off the bench. You talking about from those three guys, 38 points. That is huge. And, you know, LeBron only had like 27, but it didn't matter because they blew them out. They won by 30. So I, then I looked at that. Um, no, before I get to game four, LeBron James, he had some amazing dunks. Like he had some breakaway, like one-hander. I think one-on-one -on -one play, like Marcus Morris tried to check him, and he he gave him a move. He, he, he made this cut. He got to him. And he reversed it. I'm like, good lord, LeBron is amazing. That dunk, that dunk got me hyped more than a Terry Rozier dunk. That was crazy. George Hill got 11 of his 13 in the first quarter. I was shocked. I've never seen that out of George Hill, and that gave the team the energy they needed. They were up 20 to four, and they looked like they never looked back. Because usually when people get early leads in basketball, it could disappear because you give a team a lot of time to catch up. 
but it didn't happen there. So then I watched game four. I barely watched that. But so what I noticed in the fourth quarter is Aaron Baines got a key rebound and he didn't turn around and laid it up and lay it up. I'm like, come on, man, you're wasting time. Like you could have been got that. You may have got basket in the foul. That it was funny though. I'm surprised that's not on a blooper reel or something. LeBron hit a three to put the Cavs up 14. And I was like, oh, it's over. There's no way they coming back. And little did I know that was his only three of the game. This man had 44. And his only three of the game came in the fourth quarter. And that was to put them up 14. I was like, good Lord, man. This this guy was also 9 for 13 from the free. I need to be like LeBron, okay? Because he had more three-pointers than I did in that social league game. He only took, he probably took seven or eight less three-pointers than I did in my little social. But another thing is, George Hill had another 13 points. Kyle Corbett was cooking on both ends. Like, this was a type of Kyle Corbett. This is a 2014 Kyle Corbett that was with Atlanta. The one that was an all-star. Like... If you get him, not only do the Celtics have to watch out, but the Warriors have to watch. Because this dude is a weapon that no one really has. Okay, maybe the Warriors because they got Klay Thompson. It, it does. Man, like, Cavs took care of business, especially down the stretch. It looked like the Celtics is going to come back. And I thought they were. They were fighting. The Cavs just shut all that down. They all, they shut all that. It's 2-2. I really want to say LeBron in six. <laughs> Cavs in six. But uh, I know better, man. I think this is going to go seven like I originally said. And then we'll see what the Cavs do in game seven. I think that's when LeBron's going to take over and they're going to find a way to win. kind of like the pace. So then you got the Warriors and Rock. So game one, I was kind of shocked by the crazy start by the Rock. They came out. They was ready to go. Well, I shouldn't have been shocked. They were at home and they've been wanting to play this team all year. They were running the court. Like James Harden and Chris Paul was doing their little step backs and crossovers. They were rolling. They were rolling. But the Warriors, they regroup. They are hitting their shots. Next thing you know, it's close by it's close at the half. Uh, I think the third quarter is yes. The third quarter is when the Warriors really like turned it up. And that's what good teams do in the third quarter. They make their adjustments. They turn. And that's when the Warriors really got the lead. And that's when they got control of the game. Man, Klay Thompson was incredible. He had 28. It seemed like every shot, every other shot he took was going in. Especially that one in the fourth quarter where he was wide open. He took one dribble. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cash. Cash. All cash. I was like, this guy. Klay Thompson playing like that. I mean, you don't even need Curry to really ball like that. I mean, Curry was one for five from three, which was weird. Uh, Curry versus Gerald Green was interesting. They had a little stretch where they were going back and forth with each other. Curry was cooking them, and then Gerald Green was getting a few buckets. Durant, I mean, it's Durant. He going to get his 25, 26. He had 37, and Nene was on the perimeter. I don't know why he was on the perimeter guarding on those switches. He was fooled. He was fooled. He can't check any of those guys. I'm like, that's the thing. The Warriors been getting those switches in those in this series, and they've been getting some crazy mismatches. That's why they're so dangerous, man. They got all these ball handlers and shooters, man. You get the switch off the pick and roll, it's, it's just a wrap. That's why you have been getting Capella on Curry so many times. Curry has gotten the best of him. Of course, he, I mean, he should. He's quicker. 
he's a lot quicker than Capella. So he's been getting it. I mean, Capella has moments where he got some blocks and he got a steal, but Curry has been cooking him every time he got switched on to him. P.J. Tucker, 35 points. No, 35 minutes, one point. What was he doing? Nick Young was three for five from three in game one. He come off the bench shooting. You should already know. You already know. Over half the point in game one was scored by Harden and Paul. Harden had 41. Paul had 23. Where was everybody else? Gordon and Capella were okay. Everyone else was trapped. This, this track. So game two, the Rockets won by 22. They were a lot better. Now, this is the Rockets that won 65 games. Everyone was involved. They were shooting their threes. They made 16 threes. That is classic Dan Tony Houston Rockets. Like, just bomb. Clay was loafing. Like, he had an incredible game one. And you think he was, like, single digits game two. He had, like, early turnovers and missed shots. He just didn't start out well, and it just didn't didn't get any better. Curry was okay, and he, I think he had 15 in game one. He had 16 in game two. 16, 7, and 7. He had, that's an okay game for him. But it's not nothing amazing. Durant had 38. He was cooking again. They were relying on Durant. They had to. At one point, because everyone was missing shots. Nick Young with two more threes. Man, this guy, man, I swear. He's low-key having a good series off the bench. The, the little time he gets, he makes the most of it. I guess that's why he fits so well with this team. It, it's more sustained energy from the Rockets. Remember how it came out firing it at the beginning of game one? It came out firing in the beginning of game two. And then they just kept going. They kept going. They kept that energy. They played way better defense, a lot more protection at the rim. They were amazing. They were amazing on both ends, and they scored 127 points. I mean, this this is the Rockets. This is the type of Rockets that can win the title. I mean, come on. Gordon had 27, Tucker 22, Ariza with 19. Ariza and Tucker were horrible in game one. In game two, they were incredible. I'm like, you got role players like that, like basically averaging 20 points, each of them? Come on, man. They, they're impossible to beat them. I mean, Harden had 27 and 10. I mean, he got his. Chris Paul did okay. He had like 15 or something. And then the Warriors only had nine. 16, nine. I mean, of course they won't. So game three. Game three was a 41-point blowout for the Warriors. I'm like, yo. It was classic Warriors. Classic. It's close at first. Close in the first quarter. Halftime, it was 11-point lead for the Warriors. Okay, cool. Uh, I think Skip Bayless tweeted that, like, Curry was off or Thompson Durant was off, but yet the Warriors was up 11. I was like, yeah, that is a bad. Sure enough, man, the Warriors, once again, third quarter, they turned up. It was Curry time, and Curry went great. I think once I saw he was doing the shimmy, after a three-point, I was like, it's over. He's feeling it. I think it was one play. I think Eric Gordon tried to tackle him. He hit He hit a move. He stepped back. He crossed over. And he went to the rim, laid it up. I'm like, oh, God. This is the Steph Curry that was MVP. It was just, just a clinic, man. Like, another thing I noticed was the Warriors would, like, block a shot. Or they would get a miss. And they off to the race. They just ran the Rockets out of the gym. Now, something you gotta realize is when Gordon, Ariza, and Tucker, when they are nowhere to be found, the Rockets aren't as powerful. They're basically just the James Harden and Chris Paul show. So you gotta watch those three guys. Those three guys just disappeared. They only had 23 points combined in this game. And they each averaged, they each had at least 20 in game two. And they only get 23 points combined? 
I don't know where they were. You know, like Stephen A. said, we need to. Guys was just just loafing, man. I mean, I don't know what else to say, man. I just know Warriors up two one. They have a repeat performance tonight. It's over. It's a wrap. Oh, and it's cool that Quinn Cook got them garbage time points. You know, it's good to see him playing for the Warriors after playing for the Matha and um, Duke. So, and then Nick Young hit another three. Dude is just a beast. Well, that's all. We're going to see what happens with this series. I still think it's going to be Cavs and Warriors for the fourth time. Probably the fourth and final time. Well, till next time, I'm out. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.